3: Hey everybody, welcome to Movie Crush, the minniest edition,
2: dish. The minniest of the mini, The littlest guy you could imagine. He's so tiny, but he's adorable and he does a really good job. He does. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Man, it's great. It's really good. Things are going well. I finished the... The kind of heavy true crime podcast that I was grinding away at yeah, for so long, wrapped up. Happy face wrapped huh? it up, and uh, was, was very. It made some cool year end lists, and um, it did well. That's right. And it was uh, congratulations. It was a real learning experience. Uh, I enjoyed working on it, but it was a lot of heaviness to be uh, in, in, entrenched in for so long. Yeah, I'm glad so you. It's nice that. to have a little breath.
3: You know, we made a year end list. Really,
2: well, yeah. we did. Yeah, we CNET. talked about the CNET. Yeah,
3: it was uh, a guy named Rick Broida who writes for CNET. Uh, get, he must be the cheapskate because uh, there's a column where, and this was the end of the year cheapskates best deals and discoveries of 2018 and all of these things are mostly like gadgets and kind of fun stuff. But he included movie crush
2: as the lone podcast. He said we were affable. I love it. He said we were affable, Chuck. Very, very nice yeah, to get it, some recognition. It, it is very nice. This is such a fun show for us to do. And um, I run into people occasionally who listen to the show and, and really enjoy it. So I've I, never run into anyone really who <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, not really run into anyone, but well, I know there's sometimes that I that I'll have friends of friends who oh, have gotcha. found the show usually yeah. through stuff you should know. Sure. And then they're surprised that they didn't realize that I was on it. Initially. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of neat, but. I love it, Noel. Yeah, well, I always say this, but this is one of my favorite parts Me too, of the week, the, doing this in particular, because it's just such a nice way to unload and relax. And, yeah. you know, it's obviously a bit of a light lift show for us. We yeah, can we just, just hang here out and, fart and chat. Around for it's a so fine. <laughs> it's such a and contrast. thank you guys for farting around with us out there in podcast That's land. right. Eat your beans, everyone.
3: All right. Uh, we are going to start off this week, Mr. Noel, with... Um, well, here's what we do. Um, I've, I've asked everyone... Uh, in social studies and go ahead and cue up the social studies cue there, Mr. Ramsey. Social studies on movie crush. All right, we're ready for social studies. I asked everyone, uh, Hey, I'd love to hear any movie related things that happened to you over the holidays. Uh, And I said, anything really from seeing a great film uh, to a weird or awesome movie experience in the theater to uh, forcing your parents to watch a movie that they hated or fell asleep to.
2: That's always fun over the holidays.
3: You gotta see this, mom. You gotta see it.
2: <laughs> I've been doing well with my mom in, in making her watch movies. She always fights me on it up front yeah, because she's not really a movie person. Sure. But I usually pick something that I really think she's gonna connect with in some way, and I'm yeah. usually right. I love it Noel. She really loved Buster Scruggs, and that made me so happy because I enjoyed it so much, too, and it's nice to bond with my mom because sometimes we, you know, we have, uh, we, we're at odds at times, you know? <laughs> Well, that's called
3: having a parent. Indeed. Everyone is uh, at odds with their parents at some point or another, right?
2: very true. All
3: right. We're going to start this one off uh, with uh, Daryl Murphy. And he says, uh, my wife was away uh, from just after Christmas to just after New Year. And my kids are adults now doing their own thing usually. So I went to see Spider-Verse on my own. Uh, The aisle in front of me, a young couple came in with a daughter who looked about 10. She was in a wheelchair and dad picked her up. Put her into a theater seat, and mom tucked a blanket in over her legs, and then he went and got them all snacks. About two hours later, the little girl was vibrating with joy and bliss and had so many things to tell her mom and dad about what she'd seen. Uh, That is wonderful. Very, very sweet story. Uh, I want to see that movie, Noel.
2: Everyone says Spider-Verse is great, great, great. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. You saw it? Oh, yeah. I love it. Love it. Ah. Yeah, saw it with my girlfriend and the kiddo, and everyone loved it for different reasons. There's something in it for everyone because it's yeah. like, it's got. It mixes and matches animation styles in this really frenetic, incredible way where uh-huh. it'll be like an edit and like you'll see it flash from like anime style to like CGI to hand drawn and then back. Wow. And it's really like psychedelic in that way. And and it's also the story is super trippy because it's all about like multiverse with different spider man and different universes all kind of coming together. It's uh, the story geez. that on paper just seemed like, what the fuck? How did you even pitch this? How did you come yeah. up with this? But it works and it's got heart and it's funny like John Mulaney does the voice of Spider-Pig. Oh really? It's so good, dude. It's so good.
3: Man, I can't wait. Uh, I I didn't even know much about it and then when it came out I was like, "Oh, okay." Uh but every,
2: like I've heard people say it's the best Spider-Man movie. It just it's because of that heart. Yeah. And it's it just kind of like it retreads the Spider-Man origin story, and it's very self-aware, so it kind of keeps doing it and, yeah. like, doubling back on itself. And yeah. it's very meta in, like, a really clever way and not, like, a over heavy-handed kind of annoying way. Oh, God, it's good, Chuck. Oh, you'd like it a lot.
3: It's all fun. Right. I'm all in, everyone. Uh, Vanessa Lopez, our old friend, says this. I was in Scotland with friends over uh, of the holidays. Uh, that's a great thing in and of itself. And I got to visit several shooting locations for different movies. Uh, Edinburgh, where... The opening fight sequence for Avengers Infinity War uh, with Scarlet Witch and Vision. Uh, yeah, for sure. That was a great scene. Uh, Renek Moor, where they shot the driving scene in Skyfall when 007 takes M to his family home. And Glenn Coe, oh, I know you know this one, Noel. It's where the Forbidden Forest and Hagrid's Hut were set for Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. It's pronounced Azkaban. 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 <laughs> Uh, And then finally, the Cloisters at Durham Cathedral, which served as the hallways of Hogwarts, and Professor McGonagall's classroom. It's McGonagall. McGonagall. (laughs) For several of the Harry Potter movies, um, as well as the Palace Halls in Elizabeth. Man, that's great. Very cool, Vanessa. That is pretty cool.
2: Was this like some sort of tour package? I think she was just there over the holidays. She just just, just popped around. She did her homework. That's smart, man. I love Scotland. Yeah. My uh, my girlfriend's stepfather has a house on the Isle of Arran in Mm -hmm. Scotland, and like they go there, he and his his, her mom go there like once or twice a year. And I'm really hoping this thing works out so I get to go to Scotland. God, that's great!
3: Such good people. Uh, Brent Price says I watched my 12 year daughter become uh, 12 year old daughter become indoctrinated into comedy greatness by watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail with her, and now she's into Faulty Towers. It's fantastic. I
2: love Faulty Towers. So fun.
3: It is great. The, I haven't seen that in a long time.
2: The, the, my favorite episodes. I think it's a lot of people's favorite episodes. The Germans. The one where he gets oh, hit sure. on the head. Yeah. And yeah. And he ends
3: up like goose stepping around the place <laughs> and like don't mention the war. <laughs> don't mention the war. Classic. Uh, Katie Rowland says every time my family, uh, every year my family and I watch Muppet Family Christmas. Great tradition and our copy has all the old commercials on it, like Oshkosh Bagotch. That's great. The whole family was not able to get together this Christmas, but we still texted each other with some quotes from the movie, like, mind the icy patch. This is a Muppet Christmas carol? No. Muppet Family Christmas.
2: Oh, I'm, not, I'm not even aware of this.
3: I haven't seen it. Oh. Might is, have to add
2: that one to the list. This a live action Muppet film? Uh, I guess. I don't know. I've never how, seen it. How have I not heard of this? I don't Interesting. know. Interesting.
4: It's got standard third row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: This is Amy Brown from 4 Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen.
3: You know what we did? Actually, I'm going to share my own story. Uh, This Christmas was uh, my daughter's first viewing of Elf. And I thought, I think she can handle it. She's three and a half and she totally loved it. There was just enough like just enough visual stuff and silliness with the animations for a three and a half year old to not be like, why am I watching something that's not animated?
2: Oh, you know, what animation what are we talking about? Well,
3: she's generally at this age I into see, animation. I see, I see, I see, I see, and doesn't watch a lot of like live action stuff. But there was just enough uh, visual physical, interest, physical comedy, and yeah, and like physical gags. comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, she gotcha. totally kind of got yeah. it and loved it.
2: That's cool. I, I I have not seen Elf. I know Noel. I'll I'll do it for you, Chuck. If it's going if you're gonna make a face at me every God. time, I, start, I haven't seen Elf. It's really great. I'm sure it is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's great. Uh, Rebecca
3: Pasco says it's the summer of tennis. In Australia. Don't even know what that means. So I was inspired to watch Battle of the Sexes, uh, Borg McEnroe, and Seven Days in Hell. I don't know Seven Days in Hell.
2: Battle of the Sexes was great.
3: Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. Steve Carell. Oh, uh, they were both great. Emma Stone, she was oh, wonderful. Oh, God, I
2: love Emma Stone. She's in The Favorite, by the way, and she is fantastic. She's I really so like her. She's so good. Yeah. She's very versatile. She's one of those actresses that maybe on first glance you might think of as being this kind of teen queen type uh, actress or whatever. But, yeah. man, she's versatile and has so much range and, like, really nuanced, and she's so good.
3: I think so. Um, and she – I watched the uh,
2: Maniac. Did you? I'm having that? a hard time getting into it.
3: Okay. so I'm you're... having a hard time. What episode are
2: you on? Two. Uh, yeah. I mean,
3: it's a weird show. I know. <laughs> I like
2: I like weird shows.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think it was great. I stuck through it, though. I saw it through to the end because I just sort of had to. But there were times where I was just – I didn't want to finish it. And Emily was like, come on. No, we got to finish it because it's not that long. I think – I don't even know if it's ten episodes. Was it eight? It's pretty pretty short.
2: Yeah, I mean, because that that guy Kerry Fukunaga like directed every episode, and I believe yeah. he wrote it, and he did that first season of True Detective that was so it's such fucking a incredible. Weird, weird show. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep 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 rolling. Justin Thoreau is so awesome, though, man. Oh, I love him. God, I love that. I, have, I haven't even made it to him yet. Actually, I don't think. Uh, I may have only watched the first episode.
3: Yeah, because he pops up. Just keep watching. Okay, it, it, it gets it takes turns that
2: you're not expecting, dude. Crazy. Uh, Emma Stone is going to play Cruella DeVille in the N- Cruella DeVille movie. Oh, okay. That's an so interesting choice. like Cruella's choice. what made her cruel? I guess maybe she would have to be the younger. Pretty Yeah. Why is she so angry?
3: Yeah, maybe. Why does she want to kill puppies? Yeah. They never really explain that, do they? No, she's just Cruella. She's just pure evil. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll go see that on my TV at home. <laughs> uh, Let me see here. Jeff Noel says... The lovely Catherine and I got terribly hammered playing the official Hallmark uh, Hallmark Christmas movie drinking game. Is that a real thing?
2: I mean, you can make a drinking game out of that anything, I imagine.
3: Well, I'm yeah. sure there's a movie crush drinking game. Like every time you hear the word hole or yeah. elf uh-huh. or Harry or Potter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Uh, Jasmine Spearing says, I put on The Shining at midnight on Christmas Eve. Ended up being awake until 3 a.m. watching. It was fantastic. That's an interesting uh, move.
2: Is it really three hours long?
3: No. No. Not quite. The mat, but... math doesn't add up. Yeah, but God, give her a break, Noel. Okay. It's Christmas. <laughs> uh, people should take a drink every time I get fake mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's become a running <laughs> exasperated. thing. Exasperated. I love it. Uh, all right. We'll finish up with a couple of more here. Uh, Jack Colin Siren says, I watched the Blu-ray Criterion edition of The Thin Red Line. Right before you hit play, it had a special note from Terrence Malick to play the movie loud. Probably the coolest tip I've ever experienced. I've seen that a couple of times. This movie is meant to be played loud. Mm, I have not. You haven't? No. Yeah, a couple of movies have done that that I've seen. It's always good. I've I've got a good uh, surround sound system.
2: It, uh, It sounds nice. That's cool. I crank that shit up. I bet you do. Yeah. I need to get mine hooked up. I only have front speakers, but I need to get some back speakers. And then I, I've got a system that will do it. I just don't have the back speakers.
3: Well, the one I have does this uh, just a bit of a magic trick. It simulates surround sound. Mm-hmm. Like there are no speakers behind me. Oh. But it does that weird thing where you it knows the room you're in. You really? calibrate it. Oh, cool. And just... Uh, Is it Sonos? Uh, it's crazy. No. Well, no. 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 It's not. Got it. I, I do have a Sonos because... Uh, we we got one for free mm-hmm. for stuff you should know. Sure, and they sent me the the TV unit. Yeah, the but sound it, bar. Yeah, it's uh, but it's it's more like a sound cabinet. Uh-huh. Um, but I I have not hooked that up yet. Really? No. No. Oh. <laughs> so it's sitting in my house. Interesting. Why? Do you want it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me think
2: about that. Okay. I'll... Okay,
3: Chuck. I might give that to you.
2: I might not. That's fair. I will not press you on it. Okay, I'll think about it. I think
3: the problem is is. Uh, it doesn't hook up to the TV on my other TV that I don't have the soundbar on. Mm. Like, it won't connect somehow. Yeah.
2: I recently got an
3: Amazon Fire
2: TV, which I love. Oh, God yeah? do I love it. They're oh. a sponsor for this show. Are they really? Yeah. I've read uh, Fire ads. I didn't know that. Well, they're fin- it's fantastic. Uh, I bought it. and It was super affordable, and it's 4K, and it's like the biggest TV I've ever had. And it's because I got this Red Dead Redemption 2 game and the TV I had Oh, is before. that good? Oh, it's incredible, dude. God, it's I insane. I need to get that. It's insane. Yes? Yes. It's so good. But the TV I had before was so small that, like, this game has got so much detail, I literally couldn't read the text on the screen. I couldn't see shit in the distance. I was like, I've got to get a better TV. Yeah. And so I did. And then I also got the Alexa, the little... Echo Dot, Mm -hmm. so I can control. Like I can say, Alexa, switch to PlayStation. Alexa, turn the TV off. Alexa, I can like do everything with voice. You're all in on that stuff, huh? Uh, I am now. It's super convenient. Also, I've got it linked to my Spotify, so I can say, Alexa, play the music of Gary Newman on Spotify, and it'll do it. And it'll just like. And she'll say, "Are you sure? Are you sure, Dave? (laughs) I'm going to kill you." Um, Yeah, and it actually sounds halfway decent. This little tiny speaker, it's pretty great. I'm a bit of a curmudgeon with that stuff. I can understand. I should probably just get over it. Uh, I just, I had a friend in New York who had them and he uses them to control like lights and stuff. And I thought that was pretty cool. So now I want to get like one of those hue smart light kits and yeah. yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. It's, it's very functional if you use it, uh, to suit your needs. You know sure. what I mean? You don't feel like a slave to Alexa or anything. Alexa yeah, yeah. is a slave to you.
3: Oh yeah. Right. I'm all about that. <laughs> Robot slaves. Gail Kuntz, their old friend from Ohio says, uh, no cool movie stories, but it was our first Christmas with our kitty, Jamie Lee Purtis. See what she did there? What's,
2: was there a pun there? Oh, purr. Like cats yeah. purr. That's,
3: there's three R's even. Jamie Lee Purtis. That's cute. So that was awesome and made for a happier holiday. And uh, Gail, we're thinking about you. She let me know that um, very sadly she lost one of her beloved dogs. Oh. And I'm just so sad to hear that. That's terrible. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, all right, let's finish up here with um, Jamie Hart. My family and I are big Dick Van Dyke fans. Uh, thank you, Netflix, uh, we went to see the Mary Poppins movie on New Year's Eve without reading spoilers. Uh, so when I saw one of the greatest entertainers of all time singing and dancing in his 90s, we all freaked out, nearly stood up, and whoop-whooped. So much fun. I know he was in it. That's a spoiler. I don't think so. I think he's been... He was on, like, uh, the Golden Globes with Emily Blunt. I didn't watch the Golden Globes. It's out there. All right.
2: Well, I, I don't think it's a big spoiler. That's fair. But... How cool! I um, also know nothing about the Harry the Harry the Harry Poppins. Uh, see, no, not, you cannot escape. I, I it. know it's it's just it's <laughs> in, part of who I am, Chuck. It's part of who I am. Um, yeah, no, I I would like to see that. I mean, I, I didn't realize Lin Manuel Miranda has uh, had a hand in. Yeah, it. Yeah, I, I really. I heard it's pretty great. Cool, because I, I actually I recently check it out. my kid did a theater camp over the summer where she did Mary Poppins stuff and learned a bunch of us. So we watched the movie. Um, and I hadn't seen it in a long time, and some of the stuff they did with like the rotoscoping early, kind of like uh, you know mixing animation with live action and stuff. Yes, yeah. it it looks kind of bad, but it's so innovative considering that they had to invent you know oh yeah the way of doing that. Yeah, like they yeah. had to invent these like techniques to like get that stuff done.
3: Well, it was cool watching uh, the the Rebecca the Hitchcock movie because it was released in 1940, so made in the 1930s. So really, really early days of filmmaking and all the uh, all the old school filmmaking tricks are in that movie, all the practical stuff. And it's really kind of something to see. And just at a time when filmmaking was in its uh, nascent stages and they were just figuring out how to do shit, using models and – and matte paintings, yeah, and yeah, just really cool. Oh man, yeah, I love it's it. So cool, Golden and Age. I
2: think I maybe have talked about this, but I, I got to go to Lucasfilm a couple years ago, oh, When sure. I was working on um, the animation podcast. Yeah. And they have like the one of the earliest. Uh, it's called a um, optical printer, uh-huh. which is what they use to composite, uh, you know, different backgrounds with foreground stuff. And right. you know, it was like a huge, giant film based. Machine that yeah. they you know was invented I believe by Ub Iwerks for Disney who was like Disney's like right hand man yeah. who also invented the multiplane camera which is how they did all the um, separating the foreground midground and background and animation uh-huh. plates and they could actually have the camera zoom in move through the scene or whatever <sighs> cool. so cool man and also at, at Lucasfilm all, they have all these matte paintings all hung on the wall and they're yeah. all done on shower doors. Oh, interesting. Because they had like a – it was cheaper to go next door to this hardware store and buy these shower doors. And they painted on them and it was the right kind of like texture that it took the paint really well. And then they lit them from the back. Yeah. So it would give them depth or whatever. And they had like ones from Blade Runner and they had ones from E.T. and Mm -hmm. uh, Die Hard and like all these things you wouldn't even have thought were matte paintings. Yeah. And you realize that when you pull back, they just look completely believable, you know?
3: Yeah. You should go to—next uh, time you're in New York, you should make a trip out to the museum of— The Moving Image? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to go. It's cool. They have some cool Blade Runner stuff there, including the uh, Terrell headquarters nice. model. Yeah. And when you see it, you're just like, man, wow. it's right there.
2: There it is. That's the one. There it is. And it's,
3: you know, it's as big as this little table that's I'm sitting so cool. on. Yeah, I definitely want to do that. That's oh, a good so idea. Great. Thanks for the rec. Uh, all right, we're, we are going to do one more because I just happened to see this one on my way out to the Facebook door, uh, and I thought it was pretty cool. Alex Glasnovich, or Glasnovich says, I finished a project. Uh, project? <laughs> that a K? Project? On the end of project? <laughs> you did that? It sounds like I just did. That's okay. Sometimes you say words weird. It's a living language, Chuck. It is. Uh, I finished a project to watch 365 movies. Uh, in a year uh, that I haven't seen before. Talk about filling holes. He said a lot of obvious holes that I got plugged, and it was quite the experience. That is really interesting. 365 new movies, Noel. That's
2: a new movie a day. A day. Which And obviously, I mean, maybe he had to take a couple days off and double up or what?
3: Um, I don't know. What Did he give you a list? No,
2: but uh, I think that's kind of neat. That is pretty cool. Boy, I can't –
3: that's all it – it's funny, you talk about the holes, and I'm always going on about, like, I'm going to die not having seen Casablanca. Yeah. Just do this. See, I bet I don't have 365 holes.
1: Uh, I mean, maybe. There's a
2: lot of movies out there. They make a lot of movies every year. Well. You're always, always new holes are popping up. It's sort of like whack-a-mole, you know? Yeah, that's true. You <laughs> knock one down, pops up somewhere else. That is very true. Yeah. Don't condescend to me, Noel. Hey, man, Listen.
3: Don't do it. We're Drink, off, everybody. We're all, we're all friends here. <laughs> all right. We are going to move on to stream this. Where I talk about what I've been watching here lately. And I am late on this, but I, uh, Emily and I, have been watching Catastrophe. Have you seen that?
2: No. Do you know what that is? No. Noel, it is a show. Do you know Rob Delaney, the comedian? Vaguely. <laughs> the name sounds familiar, but all those comedians' names just kind of blur together in my head. Did you see uh Deadpool 2? Yeah.
3: He was in Deadpool 2. He played Peter. He was sort of the schlub in the members-only jacket and the mustache in Deadpool 2.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at him on the internet. I don't recognize him from that movie or anything else.
3: Well, he's a stand-up comedian. Got it. And I know the name. Just a really, really funny guy. Has a, a very interesting... Uh, and at times tragic real life story of, of his own. And um, he does a show uh, uh, called Catastrophe that I believe season three or is it season four is coming out soon. I think it's only going to be four seasons. And uh, he, he does it with uh, in partnership uh, with his uh, on screen wife who is brilliant and hysterical. Her name is uh, Sharon Horgan. And I believe she is Scottish if I'm not mistaken or is she Irish no she's Irish uh, and she's just great and they play a, a couple that um, he is a an American traveling in England and has a a, a one week fling with this Irish woman in London uh, wherein she gets pregnant and they kind of decide like fuck it man let's let's like uh, I like you and is is like enough to get married and raise a kid. And it turns out it is. Yeah, it can be. So it's a very real show and a very messy show about coupling up and marriage and parenthood as the show goes on. Cause they end up having uh, more than one kid. Um, and it's just fucking funny, man. And touching and heartwarming. And it's just brilliantly written. I think they both collaborate on the writing. I think they both co-created the show. Um and it's just I could not recommend it enough. I know it's uh, old news to a lot of people cuz it uh, I think it came out the first season maybe in 2017. Huh. Um Catastrophe that streaming on good. Amazon. It's an Amazon show. Oh cool. It's just really really funny.
2: That sounds like a winner.
3: Wonderful stuff. The seasons are short. I think they're either 6 or 8 episodes. Um so you can kind of blast through it. That's a real that's a model I like a lot is like a 6 Six episode season two or three seasons like give me give me eighteen to twenty four shows period
2: well I'm a big fan of like uh not two hundred British comedies too because like they'll have a, they do that about six episodes or seven episodes a season I've been revisiting peep show uh, it's on Hulu now. have you seen peep show no what's that it's an incredible, incredibly funny witty sardonic uh British comedy with um Oh my gosh, David Mitchell and Mark Webb, and they, and also uh, Mark Webb as an actor or the director guy. The actor, they're they're, they're two comedians. They're on oh, a lot okay. of uh, the, um, Mark. I'm sorry, David Mitchell is on a lot of those British quiz panel shows uh-huh. with like Richard Iiwadie and like a lot of the guys from like Mighty Boosh and a lot of those yeah. kind of weirdo British comedies. But um, it's it has sort of a gimmick where it takes a first person. Um, Eye perspective, like it'll all of a sudden be through the eyes of the character, uh-huh. and you're hearing their internal monologue as they go through and you know navigate life or whatever. Yeah, and the woman who plays the love interest, Olivia Coleman, in Peep Show, uh, is the queen, um, Queen Anne in The Favorite, and she is just a powerhouse actress. But this is her early, very early work, I think it was like from the I want to say early 2000s. Yeah. But there's about seven seasons of it, and it's just, it's so funny. I, I really, really recommend it. It's on Hulu as of pretty recently. I'm looking at this David Mitchell guy. Does he have black eyes? Oh my gosh,
3: I don't know. Look at these pictures, man. I don't think I've ever seen an eye color like that. Have you? Uh, it looks kind of more brown. Oh, look here. What? Does anyone have black eyes? It is a forum. It says the nearest thing to black eyes would be an optical condition
2: called aniridia and David Mitchell has it. No way. Interesting. He does have black eyes. You're crazy. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, he's really funny though. He has a YouTube series called David Mitchell's Soapbox. It's also really funny.
3: Yeah? I recommend. I think you'd like him. All right, I'm going to watch all this stuff. So check that out everyone. Check out Catastrophe and it's interesting Noel, now that I see Catastrophe actually um is considered a British television sitcom Oh on Channel 4 so I guess it was
2: Yeah Beep Show is Channel 4 as well
3: Yeah I guess they uh, I guess it is a British show that Amazon has co-opted so that explains the kind of short seasons Yep and only four seasons Interesting or series as uh-huh. they call them uh-huh. That's right Four series Wonderful shows everyone Check those out
4: It's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: This is Amy Brown from 4 Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen
3: Finally, Noel, we're going to finish up this week with a comment card. Uh, you're dodging the holes this week. I'm sure I'll fall into them eventually, Chuck. Well, I had it planned to do a sci-fi edition, but um, I think we're just going to hold on to that. We're going to hold on to that. That seg. All right, here we go with some questions. Um, Logan Corsot says, "What has been your best and worst?" non-sober film experiences. So, I guess asking what uh being inebriated at a movie, best mm-hmm. time and worst time. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the best time I can remember and I think I talked about this was when I saw Dazed and Confused the first time in college at the Georgia Theater in Athens and that whole place was just a party. Yeah. And it was Just great, man. Uh Uh-huh. Great film experience. Everyone was drinking and smoking weed, and it was just, like, fantastic. I can't think of a bad experience. Yeah. I've never been like,
2: oh, I'm too drunk. God. I got to get out of here. Like, I usually don't drink before a movie. Right. It's just not my thing. I've, I've got I've got one that I, I don't think I want to
3: talk about on the show.
2: Actually. Oh, um, but a good one was when our local kind of um, old school Twin Cinema Art House Theater, the Plaza, um, the movie Mandy that I just keep raving about with Nicholas Cage, the uh, Panos Cosmatos film, right? Like this phantasmagoric, beautiful, psychedelic, um, very hybrid, weird horror slash drama slash comedy slash schlock piece it's just great um anyway they did it was a movie that got released in very few theaters if hardly any and then it got released on demand and then it was there was there was such a groundswell of like we need this movie in theaters yeah that they started divvying it up to smaller theaters who would do screenings of it and it was already like a midnight movie kind of cult thing Mm -hmm. so i saw it at the plaza and um had some assistance from some you know drinks and such righteous Um, room beforehand a little righteous room beforehand yeah and it was just so fun because everyone already knew the movie because they'd seen it on demand Yeah, and so everyone was like in it like in every beat there was like these crazy reactions and it was Yeah. It was so fun. It was so packed and oh, it was just great. it was great. I really enjoyed that.
3: Yeah, if you guys uh for you non Atlantans out there, there's a a wonderful old theater from uh, when was the plaza? What is that, fifties? Yeah, I think so. Nineteen fifties, and it's in this little shopping plaza and um right next door to it, practically attached, is uh, the Bar of the Righteous Room. So it's a it's a great kind of thing where you can just go have a couple of beers if you want. And then slip right into the movie, but they actually serve beer at the plaza too, so you can just keep that party going if, if you're into that. My whole problem is I got a bladder the size of a peanut, so I'm, I just can't like drink a lot because I'm going to be up and peeing. Yeah, and I usually see matinees. Oh, peanut bladder! What kind of dad would that's I be if I was you. getting hammered yeah. and going to
2: a matinee? Yeah, that's true. A great one. <laughs> a great one. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, it's I, I, I like I like the modern age thing of being able to get a beer at a movie. Remember in Pulp Fiction where it was a, like like uh, uh, Vincent, Vincent, uh, whatever his last name Vegas. was, Vegas characters coming back from Europe and mm-hmm. he's saying, oh, yeah, in yeah. Amsterdam, you can get a beer, get a beer <laughs> at a movie. It's crazy. Yeah. It was a little more of a novelty. It was a States. novelty. And now it's like, especially at the some of those smaller indie theaters, you could definitely do it. But even now, I think... No, I don't think the big chain ones do it. The the big chain ones don't do it. No,
3: like, if it's a big chain, it'll have to be one of the dine-in things. Yeah, Alamo uh,
2: Drafthouse is great. They'll do it, but then, like, the smaller indie theaters totally do it, and it's great. Yeah, now you can just – because it used
3: to be you had to get the the dinner theater thing going. But then at a certain point, they just started saying, no, concession stand, we'll just have, like, beer and wine. It's great. Uh, Let me see. We're going to do Mario Alexander Rotsides. Great name. What are your top three underappreciated – Cohen brothers films we talk a lot about the cohens on this show and that's a good question uh i am uh, on record as being a big fan of burn after reading which a lot of people didn't like
2: i think it's great i saw it recently again just on tv or something and yeah it's really really fun it's really funny
3: it is a fun movie but uh, i think definitely viewed as lesser cohens
2: um, and you said the only cohen that you don't care for is lady killers right yeah, but even that has its redeeming qualities. It's so stupid, but it's fun, yeah. you know? It's like, get your fingers out my man's
3: <laughs> nose! It was pretty silly. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Intolerable Cruelty. I think that movie was fun and funny, and it a lot of people really don't like that film.
2: I have not seen that since it was out in theaters. Yeah. I remember liking it fine, and it feeling a little strange for a Coen Brothers movie, but then when you actually saw it, it actually very much felt like a Coen Brothers movie.
3: Yeah, totally so, agree. Uh-huh uh what's another good one noel what's the third
2: underappreciated Cohen's I think probably hudsucker proxy is one yeah that's a weird one and, I'll go with and, that and a, and a fun one and yeah. uh, I think people get turned by the name or they, they they're confused by what is this movie yeah um but it's very much a fun, weird period, kind of like deus ex machina like it's one of it's one of the Cohen's more uh screwball kind of wacky ones. It's it's almost more like Big Lebowski in some ways. It has these like spiritual forces. From, yeah. Or like uh, Raising Arizona or something. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. totally. It's sort of in that genre. Good film. I haven't seen it in
3: a while. Let me check that out again. Um, Let me see here. All right. Mike Sams. I think we'll finish with Mike Sams. Aside from time constraints and production costs, why do so many movies veer so far, of course, from the books that they are based on? Uh, the source material is right there. Why take such creative licensing? That's a really good question, Mike. Uh I mean I guess the easiest answer is what what makes for a great book doesn't often make for a great movie because there are two different mediums. In books you can take a lot of time to tell a story. In movies you have a pretty condensed time frame.
2: Um Yeah, you just you have to kind of retrofit it almost. I think that's why, you know, it's, we're kind of in the age of TV, the new golden age of TV, because you can take a lot longer and, yeah. and a lot more care in telling a big story. Yeah, for sure. You know? And um, I think a lot of big-name actors are more interested in telling stories in that way, you know?
3: Yeah, but and not only just having to cut stuff out. I, I think what he may be talking about, too, is like, like a major plot change that works really w- well in a book they will change that for the movie like a, an ending or something or a character that lives or dies instead of the opposite in the in the book um i don't
2: know sometimes i guess they just think that it makes for a more powerful story maybe or sometimes they screw it up yeah i mean a good example is like even like with tv like game of thrones because like f- those books are so dense and, and long, even to fit one of them into a season of television, they had to kind of, like, make some concessions. And sometimes they'll combine the actions of different characters into a single character yeah. and get rid of some, like, kind of ancillary characters that maybe only served a little bit of a plot purpose and, mm-hmm. like, kind of give somebody else the thing that they did. Yeah, yeah. And and it works. It, you know, if, if you're not, like, that tied to the character, then it's not a big deal. And you don't really say, oh, heresy, they got rid of... Whoever, you know. Yeah. It, it, can, it can actually serve filmmaking to do that. Because Agreed. Because a book, you can get caught up in the minutia and description and detail. Yeah. Films kind of have to move a little more, you know.
3: Yeah. It is always funny when – if, if you are a love, love a book a lot and there would be like some sort of really great long passage in a book about something. And in the movie, it's literally like two seconds. Totally. But you know – it can still be a rich experience in the movie if you kind of have that – Book knowledge, you know what I mean? Because you bring that to it. Very interesting. For sure. Good question, Mike. Uh, All right, that's it. That's all I got, Noel. Uh, We'll we'll get back to your holes next week with a sci fi edition and uh, some other new fun segments. We might get to uh, Up with Fuck again.
2: Love it. My new favorite. (laughs)
3: Uh, All right, so thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we will get back with you in the screening room next Monday. Hooray.